With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 50 years ago, this day in 1973, where were you at? Well, most of us probably weren't even born, but if you were, then you know what today is. CBS television premiered a 30-minute soap opera called The Young and the Restless. Well, actually, that wasn't even the right title because it was actually called The Innocent Years. But they changed it to the Young and the Russells to reflect on the youth of the early 70s. And 50 years later, we're celebrating their milestone. Welcome to Soul Party 411. I'm Candace, along with Carrie, Tia, Daphne, and Kim. Hello, ladies. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hello. (laughs) And tonight is kind of an unusual night because you get two, two Soul Parties as we celebrate the milestones of not only the Young and the Russell celebrating 50 years, but a little bit later on tonight, we're going to also be celebrating General Hospital's 60th anniversary. Two milestones for two great shows in a great genre known as daytime. How's everybody doing? Everybody doing good? Good, and I'm glad we're still mm-hmm. here being able yep. to talk about these milestones. Exactly, because... Let's be real for a second. It, it's been a bumpy road in daytime. Um, we lost some soaps. Um, there's been a lot of changes since 1973 when Young and the Russell's debuted to now. But we're still here as viewers, faithful viewers, to a show that has been giving us drama, romance, comedy, Stress, headaches, you name it, for 50 years. So I guess, you know, to give you guys what we're doing tonight, we're we're, we're paying tribute, obviously. Um, tonight we're going to tell you how we started watching Young and the Russells, like who, you know, how, how did it all happen for us? Um, what our earliest memory is of the show. Some of us are going to have to really think about this. Um, characters we want back, um, characters that, that really is, so iconic, like our, you know, favorite cup, um, favorite characters, memorable moments, and a defining moment that defined the show for us, like that changed the course of the show or your outlook. Um, we're also going to be doing that for, for General Hospital later tonight. Um, kind of give you guys a little bit of backstory. I mean, I know you guys already know this, but, you know, the show was created by William J. Bell and his wife, Lee Philabelle. You, you might have heard of them, right? The show focused on two core families, the wealthy Brooks family and the working class Foster family. And over the course of, of time, various families such as the Abbots, Williams, Chancellors, Barbara Winters, Baldwin Fishers, and this one family, uh, the Newmans, <laughs> were introduced. Every year, every decade, families have been the, the undertone, family and business, right? <laughs> Would you guys agree with that? is like the business aspect, families, romance. That's pretty much the Young and the Restless. And, of course, you have the long-standing feud of Catherine and Jill, Ooh, child, and Victor and Jack. 
And then there's this girl named Sheila and David Kemple. But we'll get to that all, all later on. The show has won, you ready for this, 165 Daytime Emmys, three WGA Awards, countless recognitions, and has been a tribute to pop culture. You guys already know this song called Nadia's Theme, which really is the Young and Russell's theme song. We all know that. We all grew up with it. Of course, Mary J. Blige sampled the song in No More Drama. Of course, there's countless of stars that have come from the Young and the Rockless. We'll be here all night talking about them. But in the meantime, let's just start the tribute. Shall we? You guys ready? Absolutely. Okay, so I think the first thing is how did we all get started watching the Young and the Rockless? So I'm going to go to Carrie first. Carrie, how did you start watching the Young and the Rockless? Well, I didn't have much of a choice since back in 1974, um, when I was in a playpen, it was it came on a half hour earlier than Days of Our Lives. So my mother, who was a teenager at the time, and my grandmother, not much older than her, that was on the television. So as a kid, that's what you watch. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Aw, little Carrie in a playpen. Huh. Do we have pictures of that? Can we get a document to fax the forefront? <laughs> Daphne? Pretty much the same as Carrie. It's soaps was all a soap or TV has always been on in my house where it was the you know, if it was down low, if it was muted, there was always something on television. So CBS soaps were always on in my house. So I just can't remember a time not ever watching a soap, you know, and Young and the Restless, of course, came on, was the very first soap to come on after the game shows, and that's what you sat down and watched while, you know, Mama fixed lunch for you. That is true. That is another true statement. Kim? Um, I I wouldn't say I started watching it growing up because it, although it was on in my household, I didn't look at it. I wasn't faithfully watching it. Like, I heard the voices. I heard the victors, you know, things like that. I didn't start actually watching, watching, like, like faithfully and understanding what was going on um, until I met Carrie and you all on Thought Party. So, basically, with the discovery of Ben and Sierra's chemistry on Days of Our Lives, I joined social media to see if there were other like-minded, cool people who loved the show and sin and met Carrie, who introduced me to you all. Lovely Thought Party family, and I started watching Young Larissa from the interesting conversations you all would have and stuff about the show, and I just loved it. You watch it faithfully ever since, and I love it. I'm glad I was introduced to it. I never knew that. <laughs> this, I'm finding this just out today. I'll, oh! <laughs> yeah, Kim's a baby. She's a baby Young and the Russell's uh, viewer. So it's our fault that she's watching Young and the Russell's. Great. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, Tia? Um, for me, like a lot of people, this was my mother's favorite show with all my children. So these are the two shows I was introduced with because I never really cared for soap. So not cared for, I just didn't understand it. I was, I guess, too young to care about it. I was watching more of the primetime shows at that time. So really with that, she introduced me. That's why I think probably Shamar Moore, or she like General Hospital too, but probably Shamar Moore is the first person on the show I got introduced with, although ironically, uh, enjoyed Neil better. I didn't get the the whole thing with Malcolm, to be quite honest. But mm-hmm. I would say I got into it because my mother, but I really, 
I'm not going to say really, because I remember one year she showed me some clips and I said, yeah, I don't see myself getting into this. And then pretty much years later, I continue to watch it. Then I stopped. I, I think I officially 100% said, okay, I'm going to watch a full time is when Malcolm returned during the, the Neil story, during, during the blonde storyline. That's when I officially was on it because my mother was like, hey, he, he's returning back. You, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. And I said, okay, all right. Let's just go ahead and watch it. Let me dedicate myself to it. But then at that time, I became more addicted to the show than her. And I said, hey, did you watch this episode? Do you know what Sharon and them have went through? You know, that's my favorite character. She said, yeah, I know these characters. I introduced you to the show. I know who all the characters are. So that, that that's pretty so that's pretty much what I think I became more addicted to her. I think that's why I sort of like the the Neil Blonde storyline because that's really the storyline that got me a hundred percent back into it. So I think I guess I need to thank Shamar more for getting me like a thousand percent invested into the show back again. So before that, I would I was probably more like a casual person. I know of some storylines, but didn't really fully care of the show at all. Okay, so that was also your earliest memory was was that no no and. No, no. My, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're right there. But I know what my earliest It's, a, it's okay. So, mom, moms out there, thanks for getting the, the, these people hooked on the Young and the Restless. We blame you guys for how we got started watching it. Um, I think, I mean, just like everybody else, you know, Grandmama had the RCA TV on in the living room, 1228. She was done. Yeah, she, the Magnavox, yeah, all that with the with the you know bunny um bunny antenna or hanger, depending on if you broke the antenna or not. I didn't do it, um, because I, I but um she would tell everybody be quiet at twelve twenty eight. She would sit down. If just like Carrie put me like in a pack pack and play or or something like that, and then she'd be watching her stories. And all I knew was these people would just turn around and the wind was blowing in their hair. I didn't get it. But I saw fabulous people, though. Y'all all know y'all did the intro, too, by the way. Don't try it. Don't say y'all did not try to do the Young and the Ruffles intro. We all know you did. It's okay. But, yeah. See, the so problem is I think, for me, I listened, I listened to the Mary J. Blige song before this intro. I said, wait a minute. This sounds like that Mary J. Blige song. What is this? So I said it sounded great, though. But, yeah, that theme song. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking, yeah. I yeah, I mean, so that's that's how we all got started. I mean, I want to know, chat room, if anybody's in the chat room, how did you guys get started watching The Young and the Rosses? And also, I did forget to give the number out. Um, in case you guys want to call in and share your memories. So, of course, the number is 605-562-0444. Also, if you're in Canada, okay, 867, right, 292-3066. And if the 605 number doesn't work, please do not call the 867 because we're really broke. Um, just, just clarifying that. So if you want, you can call the alternative, which is 717-734-6904. Hit star 2. We'll come on. You know, come on. Tell us, you know, your favorite, you know, moments and stuff like that. So, okay. So Wait, they got to do the show ID first. One, two, oh, the show eight, ID. Eight, yeah, three. I forgot about that. Yeah. 128803. We like to spot. We also like to thank TalkShoe and YouTube Live for sponsoring this. I don't know. That's what they say, right? YouTube Live. I still. Yeah, I get to see it, but maybe someday. Right. Right. So. 
Okay, so Tia, we're going to start with you. I think you kind of said it, but the earliest memory of like a storyline or uh, of the uh, show. Oh, no, no. But I, I remember this thing. It's Jamar Moore. Well, actually, it is. That is luckily my, my earliest memory I remember because I literally remember it like it was yesterday. My mother showed me a scene. She said, you need to see this scene. I don't know what the heck has happened in the storyline, but she has said that Malcolm had slept with Drew when she had medicine and she didn't know. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm watching, watching this, to be quite honest. But but anyway, she, I was watching it, and it was I don't know what scene it is. I have never rewatched it, but I remember it. It's the scene when she confronted him. They probably in the kitchen or something, and she's literally saying, hey, I was in drugs when you had sex with me. And you could see the shock in his face, like, oh, my goodness, what the heck did I have done? That's literally my earliest memory of the show. But I don't, I can't tell you the episode, the date, any anything that happened. But that's the first scene of The Young and the Restless I've ever watched. There you go. And just in the nice way to mention also, Victor Newman is my mother's favorite character. So I think we'll go to that with favorite characters later on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we all, I think unanimously everybody's going to say Victor. Can we just all agree that Victor's on our list for favorite character? Like I, I can't think, imagine he I wouldn't he, be. I, yeah. I think he he. You know what? Here's the here's the deal. Victor's already like on our list, so we so we you know everybody loves Victor Newman, and if you don't, it's okay. That's cool. You know, Victor Newman is the young and the restless. Okay. Um, Daphne, earliest memory of the show. Okay. So I was I was talking to you, was it yesterday, day before, or something, and I said one of my favorite, one of my earliest memories is, and this is so going to date, well, both of these are so going to date me. One, I didn't really know what was going on. All I knew was, now looking back, it was Catherine Chancellor and her husband Philip in that car and the car accident, and then being scared to get into a car for a little while because I didn't know what was going on. You know, it's like you you close them. At, at some point, my folks was like, "Oh, we don't know if we can let these kids watch soaps um, or not." Be careful, but then we still was, you know, if you was quiet long enough, they didn't pay no attention to you, and so you got to see bits and pieces. So that's one of my first memories. And then I was talking to my auntie today, and she was making me remember Lance Prentice and Lori and Lance's crazy mother with the freaking veil and over her face, and how I showed off at a wedding because the lady had the veil on. So I was one of these people who took TV seriously um, about I thought whatever whatever I was seeing on TV could be applied to real life. So those are probably my two earliest memories, seeing um, Catherine and Philip in that car and she zooming and causing that accident and seeing Lance, um, crazy mother, Vanessa with that veil on and all of that. So, yeah, I just dated myself, you guys. So now y'all probably know how old Lady of a Certain Age is. No comment, because oh, I think somebody ones, might... Oh, for, the ones who, yeah, oh, for the ones who knew but was playing along with me, now you got confirmation. Yay, I won. <laughs> I don't know. Carrie? Mine, I have, my earliest memory is Victor and Nikki sitting up in that house. It had to be in the early, I guess it was. It would have been, I don't even know if I, I remember a little blonde Victoria. I just remember young Victor and Nikki sitting in that house talking. Now, I don't remember what they were doing, what they were talking about. I just remember them being in that house. 
Aww. When it was before she went to boarding school. Aww. Because mm-hmm. you know they every stop. Yep, she got shipped off to Switzerland real quick. <laughs> like, <clears throat> and next thing you know, Heather Tom came. Kim, you're the newest member of the Younger the Russell family. So, <laughs> what is your earliest memory doing? <laughs> <laughs> my earliest memory was literally that whole storyline when Hillary and Devon got back together and she became pregnant and then a whole accident with her and Lily. So that's my earliest memory of Y&R. Aww. Okay. <laughs> so, that big. Ooh, that, yeah, that was, really? That was the earliest? That one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like giving you a hug. Yep. Um, <laughs> let's see. My earliest memory is when John, I think it was John, had put the piece of the puzzle together of Jack and Jill when they were, when they had sex. And I didn't understand it, obviously, because of how old I was, but I just remember they were playing a puzzle. And as a kid, that's what you played with, puzzles, right? So I just remember that everybody was upset, and I didn't understand. But as I got older, I understood then. I was like, oh, like, oh, they had six. And I think that was, no, Jill and John was married. Wait. Yeah, they were married, I think, at a time. Scandalous. That damn Jack Abbott. So, to kind of give you a little bit of backstory, a little bit more, I know this is boring time, but this is important. Oh, there's a little bit of echo. With me. Okay. So, pretty much how this all came up with the Young and the Rockers was because ABC had this lineup of youthful programming, you know, All My Children, One Life to Live, General Hospital. CBS executives wanted to do like a new soap that was youth-oriented and, you know, something that connect with today's youth. Right, Carrie and Daphne? You were there. You know what I'm talking about. So William J. Bell has said, quote, we were confronting with, we, we were confronting with the very disturbance reality that young America had lost much of their innocence. Huh. That, that kind of sounds like today a little bit, that everybody has lost some of their innocence. Look, look at look at that. Look how that just played out. So that's how the Young and the Russells was created. But, you know, money was, was an issue. So William J. Bell did have to, you know, get some money. And, of course, there was this family called the Cordays who loaned some money for William J. Bell to start. You guys know the Cordays. You, you know them. You know Ted and Betsy. You know, they, they had this, this show called Days of Our Lives, which William J. Bell was a part of. And, you know, there you go. So now you know, the more you know. All right. Hey, Carrie, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Top five characters that you love. Oh, well, Victor Newman, uh, Sharon Collins Newman. Colleen Carlton, Tracy Abbott, J.T. Hellstrom, and Neil and okay. I think that, that was more than five, but 
Well, we're going to, well, here's the thing, because I think all of us said our, our, our top is like Victor Newman, like, right? So I'm putting Victor Newman, like, you can pick. Well, you pick five more, because he's, cause he's our, yeah. So it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, he's a um, universal favorite. So Sharon, you want to, so. Sharon. Yeah, Sharon, Colleen. Um, JT. Tracy. And I, I might throw Lily, I mean, Lily. Oh, all our parents, all the old winter, the, whole, the Winters family. I'm cheating. You all see any other time, so. <laughs> okay, Tia. Victor, Sharon, and Drusilla went to Barbara's is my top three. Everyone else I have to decide on the order, but probably it might be Adam. That's fourth. If I could think of a fifth, I need to think of some villains on the show. Might actually shock me be Michael Baldwin because he was a, a hot mess and just terrible and <laughs> as good as the TV. So I, I don't, I'm going to really have to think of it, but I would say my, I could just say my big three is Sharon, Victor, and Drew. Those, those are the characters who consistently just my well, favorite. So remember, we take we we got Victor up on. The I know, but school. I can't do that because I gotta just mm. put my my top three here. I'm sorry, yeah. and I'm sorry, and, I, and no disrespect to Jack Abbott. It took me a while because I, when I watched the show, I said, "Man, I understand why my mother was Team Victor." Because <laughs> I, I could not, I just could not with Jack. Abbott. His character is terrible. So, so yeah, I, I was never a Jack fan. Although that's why the recent stuff. That's how it shows how partial and unbiased I am because I've been praising Jack the recent year, but. Him as a character, I suffered through this character, Jack Abbott. I'm sorry. One of the original, no respect to Peter Bergman, I found him pretty interesting at times when I watched the old school. Oh, Ter- Terry Lassner. Terry Lassner, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, that, ooh, that, mm. Kim. Um, okay, so my top five characters are, are, are Victor, Adam, Neil, Victoria, surprisingly, although I hate her, but she is just that strong <laughs> character that she just, oh, I mean, you, you gotta hate to love her, you just really do, and then mm-hmm. Jack Abbott. <laughs> I know that's shocking, I gotta get too, some more history like, on this show here. Character. Hey, you know, she's a strong, yeah. she's a strong, powerful character. She is, you hate her, but I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta respect her. She's strong in her hate for Adam. I don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> she's strong in her hate. She's strong in her hate for Adam. I'll give you that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I know, right? Well, she holds her own for sure. I tell you that. <laughs> Daphne. Okay, so we're not including Victor because Victor has got to is all of is you know we love all of us love yeah. Victor Newman. You know he is the young and restless. Um. So. In no particular order, I love me some Catherine Chancellor because Catherine Chancellor was the one person that reminded me of my grandma who could basically say anything. She could say anything to anybody regardless of who it was, and she could bring Victor to heel. And almost, it was almost like she could grab him by the ear and say, sit down, little boy. Um, I also love me some Michael Baldwin. Nobody can be as devious. I loved Jack Abbott. I'm sorry, from beginning, he's the, he's the original screw-up. Um, and, of course, Adam. I've got to love me some Adam. And well, how many was that? Michael, Catherine, Jack. Oh, I got one more. And I'm going to say the original from the beginning, Sheila Carter. 
from the beginning. And that's going to, I'll talk more about Sheila in the beginning, not this, what we got Neon Bold, not this last go around on Young and Buses, but Sheila Carter from the beginning was wow. This, okay. So my favorite characters, and this may surprise some people, is Jill. Because here's the thing. Talk about a character Uh that really worked her way up, right? She she was giving her mama $20 to help out to getting $20 to get rid of somebody. I'm just saying. Only only on a soap. Oh, well, that's the American dream. Is, is is a glow up, right? Okay, so you got Jill. Of course you have to have Miss Catherine. Catherine was an OG who Yeah, she reminded us of grandma or great grandma. She just took no bull. Like pretty much like she actually could play in the boys club, but yet she had a good time, yet she got on your nerves, yet she proved a point. Yet, she, you know, she was all of this and more. And it was Catherine Chancellor. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I, I just, well, huh. Okay. Number three is Jack Abbott. I know, I know, but he was ruthless. He was cutthroat. Yeah, he loved his family, but still, he's cutthroat. And Sometimes he didn't apologize for certain things. Hear me. Why don't you? I don't care. Okay. This is where it got tricky at because I was going to say a tie, but I, I was true to my word. I said only five. I wasn't going to do anything. But I picked Neil Winters. And for those who know me, you know why I picked him, because he was one of the only people that could gel well with all three, Catherine, John, and Victor. And he was never a perfect man. He never owned, he never said he was. But what he did was he set an example. So for me, Neil, Neil is definitely one of my favorite characters. Okay, so this leaves me with one. And this character was so... I just I don't even know where to say about this character, but it would be Tia's going to get ready for a shock here. Brad Carlton. I was going to mention him, so I respect that you did. I was going to put him up there. Yeah. Brad, Brad, Brad. Stuff with a Brad. Um, and it kind of ties into the it's full circle because that was the pool boy that you know he was he was another person that kind of you know, blew up, and his ego kind of got way blown out of proportion, but he also had a solid heart, and and I, I just really did enjoy the Brad arc, so those are my, um, my five. I mean, like I said, Victor is in a category of his own. He's like lifetime achievement on everybody's list, because I think we all can say this. Victor doesn't hold back. He look whether you're his child or not. He's going to get his point across. Like, he gets, you can get married on a wedding day and then all of a sudden get arrested. I love you, Daddy. Like, I'm just saying. 
So I have a question because I can't really see the chat room. What is everybody in the chat room saying? Who's their favorite character? I think I've seen a well, couple of victors. Well, I know there's a Sharon. Rose, don't be a shocker if somebody said the Rose Dallas family. I think you should know who that. Okay, uh, that's sweet. Who knows? Well, Zella's family. It shouldn't oh, take a rocket science to figure out. Okay, there's someone said Victoria, Sharon, Tracy, Victoria, Drew, Phyllis, Adam, geez, okay. Here we go. The whole Newman family minus Abby. I can understand that. <laughs> I can understand that. Hey, you leave Victor Newman's favorite child alone. Shout out to Melissa for doing I don't, that. I don't, that don't know, know, I, don't know. I already told you about her. That's, I already told you about her with Kimberly. <laughs> That's Victoria. Yeah. She, 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 yeah. Mhm. We know. I don't know what drug Kimberly was on today. She took her on her list. Jeez, we gotta get her wow. some history of this show. Jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, okay. So, I'm gonna throw this one in. This wasn't on the list. Haha. <laughs> but I want to know if you could be a part of any family on the Young and the Rockless, who would it be, and why? I'm gonna give you guys a minute because that was a new question. But we I should, just want to say, the winters cause I will go with the winters so I could fit, fit in diversity. So I can, I, I got to be in the family that um that you want to match the You want to treat it as an equal and a family. I can't say the Newmans because all Victoria would do would be run her mouth about me. So, yeah. Um. Not the Rosalies because I'd fall asleep boring. Um. Maybe the Baldwins. I don't know. Not the Abbots if I'm not really an Abbot, because Jack would throw that in my face all the time. And he, then the color all of my the time. Don't think the but you could be the love child of Mamie and, and Jack himself. <laughs> no, excuse me. That's me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> give me the Winters. I mean, sure. Give, give me them. They they seemed the most, um yeah. I don't remember how the Hastings family was. I forgot. I know Nate. Uh, pretty no, cool, too, that. yeah. Yay. Well, I consider yep. them part of the winters anyway, myself. Extension. I would say the Johnsons because Maymay was first. The oh, barber. Well, well, yeah. well, well, it can't be on days of our lives because if you were part of the Johnson, you'd never be seen. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Johnson, Maymay, oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of. Well, she, she, that, not, she was a bar. Yeah, barber. Yeah. Barber, right. Yeah. Yep. Nobody want to be a, a part of the Brooks family? That's sad. Well, wait a minute. Well, you see, I was going to say Daphne. I don't even remember the much. Oh, Lord. Um, oh, would I want to be part of that crazy Baldwin family? Or would I? Oh, oh, I'll tell you who I would be part of. I'm going to be part of the Finmores because now I can go shopping. And I ain't got to be seeing her. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take and be part of the Finmores. I would want to be a part of the Newmans only because I would be the one family mm. member to have Adam back because no one else in his family does. And so I would be on his side. Oh, I would convince him thing. that him and I can start our own. Yeah. I would invite, I would tell him that him and I can start our own company together and we would have a clause in the contract that say the, um, the other Newmans, the, the Victors, the 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 Nick, the Victoria, they can it's a clause where they cannot have anything else to do with our company or whatever and they can't acquire any shares or anything at all. They can't have oh, you any go, girl. Kim, Kim that's, that's what I would do. I do, I'm telling you. 
I'm here for Adam. Uh, Adam needs somebody. Yeah, that's good. He, he needs somebody. He does need somebody. I oh. I was going back and forth with this. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to, I want to be a part of the Abbott family. Only because of that whole reason. I do believe there's a black habit out there somewhere. And you know Tracy's going to be welcome to you. She's a, she's a lovely one. She, oh, yeah. yeah. No, she's me and Tracy she wants, part of the, she wants to be part of the Abbott so she can find out what Diane's plan is. <laughs> but no, like Tracy, I would definitely be a part of the Abbots because even though they're low key, like compared to the Newmans, they look like you know roses and stuff. But <laughs> no, I would be there for the shade Nobody and the drama. Nobody want to be the Chan the Chancellor family. Actually, no, I don't. No. I, that was my second pick. <laughs> Uh-uh. But I was really no. think I was I mean the top three I mean is the Abbots Chancellors and I was I was I was going back and forth with um uh Hillary and Amanda's family. Oh no! Only because be it's not the diversity. It wasn't because of that. It's just because of the mess. No, I don't like, want to be a public. There could be a. What are they? Curtis? What's it? What's your name? Curtis? Is it Hillary Curtis? That's it. I haven't even forgot her name. No, they're something else. They're not even Curtis. They they something else. I forgot what yeah. they're they 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 so, you know, we're going to have to get you a blood pressure pill. We're going to have to get you some blood pressure pills. You're salty They get you, you know, riled up. They get you, you know, feeling a certain type of way. And we've been, you know, feeling like this for, you know, some of you guys have been watching for 50 years. Some people have been watching for 45, 40, 35, 30, all the way down to a year. You know? You know what I'm talking about. We're just, just saying. Just, just saying. Just put it up. Okay, we all have said, you know, this a couple of times, you know, this week um, on the Young and the Rockless spoiler, they brought some characters back, but there's some other characters that we want back. So with that being said, Kim, which five characters that you can think of that you would like back on the show? That's, by the way, the actors are, you know, still with us too. God bless. <laughs> So the five characters that I would want back on the show on YR, I would say Hillary, Theo, Faith, Moses, and Ray. That's who I want back. I think Hillary would be really interesting in this whole Devon Abbey storyline. And, of course, Faith and Moses, I would like to see where that could have gone. The young couple, you know, young Nereses, young couple. Um, and of course, Ray. Surprisingly, I grew fond of his character towards the end of the days. Unfortunately, has to end. I know, but still, that would have been interesting with him and Chelsea, possibly. Um, then Theo was really, really intriguing to me. I would have liked to see where he they would have taken him with that. So, yeah. Okay, Daphne. Daphne still. Yeah. yeah, she's on. Unless she's running to the phone. Okay. Well, I'll just I'll just go to um, you, Tia. 
I have no idea. I didn't really, because the, the issue is, I think most of the characters has returned back, the characters I would have wanted back. But you know what? I'm going to say uh, poor whims. I don't care how poor whims look or anything. I just need him on the show because that makes logical sense. I'm going to say Theo. I thought we got rid of his character too. Certainly, and that was the, that could have been a rise again of the Brooks family, who was one of the first families on the show when it got introduced. So it would be nice for the audience to know, you know, they, I'd be quite honest, they were here before the Newman's in, right? Right there, they were here before the mm-hmm. Newman's. So, yeah, yeah it, was, like, it was the Foxes and Brooks, yep. Yeah, so yeah, they were here before a few of them, so it would be nice to see them again. I don't get why you give Theo such a great backstory and then say, okay, we don't have nothing else for you to do. I wouldn't want Malcolm Winter back, but I doubt we'd get that since the recast went perfectly last time, so I don't think we're going to be getting a Malcolm Winters for a time again, but I do think we should get him back. I would like... Brad to come back from the dead, but also that we'll get that. So I can't really think of any because I feel like all the characters has already returned. There's not really many characters that's missing on this show right now. But I will hold on. Actually, Olivia, because it's a shame that Nate, older Nate and Olivia have not shared an on-screen scene. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie? Um, like Tia said, Paul Williams, Colleen Carlton, JT, um, that's three. I was thinking of somebody too. Um, T. Colleen. Of course, you know, like you said, the two I want, you know, one is no longer with us. I can't use. I I like that. I do like to get Malcolm. I think he would would fit in good. And um, that's four. Um, I don't know. I guess it's, I'll just leave it at four. Okay. Oh, Brad. I mean Brad, of course, but he's over across the hall. But Brad. <laughs> um, is Daphne back? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. What was the cat? What were okay. we talking about? Five characters we want back. Okay. So I want Mamie back. Of course, Mamie has just rolled in because I just loved how Mamie again just told it like it was, didn't care who she was, and the lady can hold a grudge. Reminds me of somebody that I know really, really well. And by the way, I'm loving her gray hair. And, and, and. Um, I actually want Dylan back. I know people were like, Dylan? I approve of that. Like, <laughs> I actually want Dylan back because I think Dylan could add a whole bunch. Of course, Dio, I would want Lola Rosales and Arturo back. Because I think Lola Lola had something, you know, for that. Of course, we want Olivia and Paul. Now, there's one character. I know you said five, but there's one character. I cannot remember his name. I did not have time to look his name up. He was only on for, like, one episode. But, boy, did he give it to Sanctimonious Nick. And that was Chelsea's last husband, the one that got killed, was played by Gordon Thompson. I <laughs> what this person and character, how he could have wrecked shop in, in Genoa City. I knew you was going to say that. I'm going to be honest with you. I to look up his name, so I'm sorry for not being able to look up his name. It's okay. Um, right quick. Okay, so my five, obviously, is Drusilla because... I truly believe that Aunt Maymate knows where she's at. She's in some kind of hospital, fill it, you know, somewhere in Paris and whatnot. And Young and Rock says, if that happens, I would like my Venmo. Thank you. Um, 
I got my wish. I I literally been saying this person for the longest time. It's Leanne Love. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I wish they never killed Hillary because I can totally see DC Buzz with those two. I can see it. Like the shade would be real between those two. And let me just say this: she looks good. Like spoiler for those who did, she looks good. It's like Tom sits still. I don't know. I would want David Kimball to come back. Yes, I do. Oh. I I I know how he died, and I know there was no coming back. This is so popular, folks. It could be a twin brother. I'm just saying. It could be a twin brother, Eric or Mark, that really died, and David Kimball somehow got out of it. I don't know. Maybe Jeremy is his brother. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Ryan. I still, I, darn Trisha, Ryan to me, if he was still around or came back, if like he never died or whatnot, I could see them inserting him with, you know, Victoria, um, because there's an argument about Victoria and Ryan about if that was one of her great loves or not. You guys tell me if that was who, who, who that would way. say who would say it wasn't? I would say to me, there's only two. I think there's only two. It's her and Ryan, and her and uh, Billy. What, what other great love did she have? Mm-hmm. I can't even put Cole in there. Really, uh, to me, it is. It's between no, Ryan Cole, and Cole. Cole was just cold. Right. <laughs> he was cold. He was cold. It's like, but he was cold. Um, so I went Ryan, and this person. Okay, I know we have a character that is sort of in the shadows of, I'm hoping Young and the Russells does right by um, Audra, right? But she reminds me of somebody else, and that's Mia Rosales. Mia, well, <laughs> that girl was, she was the second coming of Jill to me because she had these big dreams. She was working with the elite, but she was a tough as nails, girl, like literally, we don't condone violence that much, but she put Abby in her place a couple of times, and I just, I really did like that. Um, that I don't have to be a, a certain size, a certain hair color, or or whatnot. She was like, she really was the it, it like in the the bloodline of the Drusilla of a Jill. You know, you know what I mean? Like, she was the real deal. So those are the five characters I would like to come back. And even though um, one did come back, I hope another one is alive, and I hope another one was faking his death. And maybe, can Ryan have a twin? Can no, he? just can he be can, him. Enough with the twins. Let it be him. Well, I mean, because we all found, I mean, it's still, you know, when Trisha shot him, that broke me a little bit. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> Just saying. If, if, if anybody's listening to the show, can we figure that out, how we can break this guy back? Because seeing him at the party in the interviews, I'm just like, I killed him off too early, but I understand this is so proper. I get it. All right. Okay, so moving on. Carrie, you've been watching Young and the Rustlers for a long time now. Since you were the baby baby, which was 10 years ago. So, what is the top five memorable moments 
that you can recall from the Young and the Rustlers? Not a defining moment, but memorable moments. Cassie's death. Yeah. You got you got five five memorable moments, not defining moments. I mean, not re- actually, no, not really. I mean, I Cassie's death. I can't, I'm sure there's others. I'm just not thinking. Maybe I'm sure there was something with Victor and Nikki, like one of them when they were on death's door or whatever in that vein. But you know, and something with. But I mean, right now, the only thing that pops to mind is Cassie's death. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you know, probably when Philip Chancellor we thought died from the drunk driving accident. What was that? Bob, gotta be thirty years ago now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say yeah, Cassie's Cassie's death and Philip Chancel the second or third, whatever whatever he is, uh when he died when we thought he died in the drunk driving accident. Okay. Daphne. Five memorable moments. Okay. Five memorable moments. One has to be Catherine's facelift. That I can remember and getting of course being a child getting spooked by that. Neil, that's just, you know, the flavor of how stuff is done. The character of Tyrone masquerading everyone as as white, that was just like, ooh, ah. And it was, I don't think, has that, well, at least I had never seen that being done on a soap. Usually if I see it on the soap, it's somebody white pretending to be, you know, a person of color. But this time you had a person of color pretending to be white. That was just, and when I say pretending, I don't mean somebody who's going around who is quote-unquote passing. This is like with the prosthetics and makeup and all of this stuff. Right. Not like one likes to live. Yeah. Yeah, that was just like, whoa, okay. And the whole storyline behind that, which I'm not going to talk too much about because I want you to go look it up on, on, was it YouTube, if it's there, because that whole storyline was actually good. Okay, Michael Baldwin, our introduction to Michael Baldwin. Michael Baldwin, who was this insidious lawyer, who was a villain, um, who's digging through, um, making the tunnels, you know, the the rape, all of that stuff. I'm not saying, oh, this is good, but I'm just saying this goes to show you how things happen and how people become obsessed. Um, The Abbott... I-P-O. And this, of course, goes way back to the day, which to me, I don't understand why this is not being mentioned into the current IPO about what happens when you think you've got stuff all locked up and boom, somebody comes in, a Victor Newman, and, and swooshes in and changes the dynamic of what you think, and it took Jabot as an abbot almost for the 25 years to get that company fully back owned. And, of course, Ashley and her abortion and Ashley losing her mind after that was was stuff that young – well, stuff that I don't know if my mom would have wanted me to see and know about because we were that conservative. They were that conservative. But it was kind of, it was riveting to watch her, I don't mean to, to make fun of it, but it was, it was like, oh my goodness, to watch her go down that rabbit hole of doing what she did with that. So those were some of the top moments for me that just stick out on my head, because I forgot about this category, so I was just doing it as along. So those are some of the top things that stuck out to me. Yeah. What's the question, Sally? Top five memorable moments. Uh, 
I'm okay. I'm not sure here from the top of my head here. But, okay, I'm probably say, I don't know what the storyline will be, but I will say the rise of the Blacks in the 90s <laughs> because I think that's probably the reason. It just, I just think it was really good because I really believe probably in the 90s it was the most diverse soap that you got. I think it's, I'm not sure, I can't remember the order of it. It didn't, it didn't start with Nate, but it was somebody before him, but I believe it was Nate. Olivia, Drew, Neil, Malcolm, and that was just a rise of them getting used more than them side characters. And then you had also Drew working with, uh, with I think, was it, was it Brad? So you had, like, you had them actually entwined with the other mm-hmm. characters. They just wasn't isolated in a corner. So I actually felt oh, that, that, was good. Good. That, that was pretty good, I think, just to introduce them. And now we see them today, how it's still, we see all of them interrogate kind of kind of together like we see Devon involved with everybody and that will go to my second part I would think I know some people were undecided about this but I do think making Devon a chancellor was probably was probably the best thing this show could have done because now I see Devon the stories now these are stories he wouldn't have been able to been in because he wouldn't have got that money he got when Catherine died which is another memorial but like that to me if you give me a long-term story from it I am okay to this day. That money she left him, look at what he has done. Now we see him going up against, you know, the Newmans, not going against Lily, going against Jill. This is all storylines you cannot foresee happening if they don't make that decision that they made at the time to say, hey, Devon, we're going to make you a little bit more into everything going on. So now he interacts with everybody. He interacts with the Abbots, the Newman, the Chancellor, and that's all because they made him what he was. And, and then you see how he started, like what, in a, like a, a home, like some group home or something. You see the way yep. Devon started. It's like, wow, what the heck? How, is this the, the same care. person? If somebody, really, yep. if somebody truly see the way he began, it's just, I would say that's one of the most amazing character growths that I've seen. Just the one whole story from the hair and the north. So I think him as a character has probably had some of the best storylines that I've seen on the show. Um, mm-hmm. uh, with a, oh, David Kimmel, for sure. When he would, yeah, I think when uh, Nina shot him, I was, I'm sorry, I was on Team David. I know he's an evil person, but Nina shot this man and made him be, pretend to be, thought he, he was dead. So he said, okay, he faked to be paralyzed and act like, you know, he was doing bad shape. And then pretty much we know that uh, amazing scene when it was killer written all over his forehead. So to me, that that was one of, to me, the greatest storylines the show has ever had. Probably like my favorite storyline. It just I just could not stop watching it. It was just quite amazing. But I can't think from the back of my uh, my head what other storylines done it. Um, okay, I'm gonna just go recent history from my head. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and say the blindest storyline with Neil Devon. That was that's just something you would have never foresee Devon doing. To his, to, to his father who was blind, you literally over there cheating with Hillary. And But the, the good thing is it wasn't just a three-month arc. It was a long story, and I think that was the first storyline where you see uh, Devon as a leading kind of man. And that's, that's what I think a lot of my stuff has been Devon. He's actually been in some crazy storylines on this show, so that will be one of them. I don't know which story from the Victor versus uh, Victor versus uh, Jack story to pick because so many times they went against each other. I think I named five, and I was probably when the kids sued him for sued Victor. They all betrayed him, and I gotta say, I don't remember Adam a part of that crew. The one, the son he treated so bad, but I do remember Precious Victoria being there when they took Victor to court, and they all got awarded five hundred million each. Yeah, those are your kids that you love so much, Victor. I, I could, I, I might be wrong, but I don't remember Adam being in that room when they was doing that to you, Victor. So maybe you need to reevaluate who your favorite and best kids are. So yeah. Mhm. 
it's clearly not the one that's been born. The child hasn't been born yet, so. You know. he was born, no, he was born when they did that. No, yeah, I'm, was, talk, was, yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm talking about the video that Vic oh, said that Melissa. Know. Yeah, it was a it was a joke there. So, um, in case y'all don't know what we're talking about, Melissa Orway did a video um, because there's been a lot of content in the last couple of weeks for Younger Wrestlers, and she asked the question that many fans wants to know: Who is Victor Newman's favorite child? And I think we all know the answer. It was clearly unanimous. Yeah, it was it was unanimous, but Eric Braden had said the child hasn't been born yet, so his favorite hasn't been born yet. And also, shout out to the chat room. Someone said Drew works his Phyllis. I got to say, I completely agree. And just to add to that, I was going to add that into one of them because I love how Drew and Phyllis kind of trackled down to Daniel and Lily. Like, those two, Drew could not stand Daniel. She was like, get away from my daughter. So I, I loved it. She couldn't stand him with her daughter. So, yeah, I think the Drew versus Phyllis thing was pretty good. The hate they had for each other. And um, Phyllis is sort of still responsible for that child. Well, okay, her death. But, yeah, although she did for... To, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know. That was a good viral, though. <laughs> um, who else did I get? Uh, Kim. Um, my top five memorable moments on Wayne are, I would say, definitely when Hillary died. Um, that was memorable, memorable to me, especially when Neil died as well. Um, and then I would have to say the recent event that took place with Chelsea. Um, and then, of course, the JT Victoria storyline, and also when Ray died, because that kind of hit me harder than I expected as well, too. Those are my top five memorable moments. Okay. For me, it's when uh, Neil's mom died, um, because that. Because we, we, we didn't really hear much throughout the years about the parents of Neil and Malcolm. Like, we heard things here and there, but we never really fixated on it. You see what I'm saying? Like, because the next, the next pick I have, we did fixate on it. So the scene when Lucinda, right, Neil's mom, was in the hospital room, and Neil and her kind of had this forgiveness and stuff like that, it was the scene, the part, that this would broke me, and I'm pretty sure everybody else is when she passed and Neil is like, Mom, Mommy. And this goes, this is something that I constantly say, you know, is these soaps are such a part of our lives that we started watching these shows because of whether it was our parents, our great-grandparents, our grandparents, uncles, and aunts and stuff. Some of them are no longer here with us, right? So we're carrying on the tradition. So in that moment, I I felt as though that was the the, the whole. It was weird because it was like, you know, a mother and a child. The forgiveness, the cycle has been broken. The cycle, you know, it was a whole thing. So that's one of my memorable moments. The second one is Drusilla and her mother. Y'all, for real, this might have been the most realness of them all because. When the fact that Olivia and Drew was pinned up against each other, like Olivia was the golden child, right? And just like Ashley and Tracy, just like Nick and Victor, just like you know, you know, even going on Bold and Beautiful with Thomas, there's always the favorite, and then there's the one that's the disappointment, right? So it was Olivia's birthday party, and Drew was just had enough, and they went at it. 
When her mother, by the way, Lily's named after the mother. I wouldn't have named her after the mother, but that's just me. Um, when she was like saying, one night your father got drunk and me and him slept. And I'm like, oh, no, y'all didn't. Like, like you made Drusilla feel so, I mean, in all honesty, the undertone was Drusilla was an accident. She was an accident baby. But that whole scene with Drusilla, like, like that. Was that up for an Emmy? Could somebody find that out if that was up for an Emmy or something? Because that acting was so – and then you have Olivia was like, Mom, no, please, not tonight. It's like, girl, what other night are you going to – because it got to come out sooner or later. And you can see the disappointment in the father's face. If y'all don't know what Sam's talking about, look it up on YouTube. But that whole thing, like, that was a moment, okay? All right. God darn it. This is another – Victor confronted his father. Mm-hmm. If you want to know why Victor's the way he is, I mean, besides his mother abandoning him, then you have the father. And I'm not even because y'all already seen it. Y'all, y'all know exactly what I'm going to say. If you want to know why Victor is like his father was a sob all the way around, trying to bribe him, like, do you want money, Christian? And then Victor's like, I am the Victor Newman. I'm the most. And the fact is, is that I know, I know Daphne, I know some other you guys want to see, you know, that's, in a way his father, Victor has become in a way like his father, but not all the way. And the fact that Nick was there to witness it, witness that whole situation, it, it kind of gave you more of an emotional depth, like, you connect it because it was like, all right, you understand why Victor is doing all of this because look at where he came from. He really came from nothing as far as the emotional part of it. So that that's another one. Number two, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me, but um, number two is um, Jill and Catherine's The Final Scene. Mm-hmm. Great scene. And we didn't know it was going to be the final scene, but it was just that one particular moment when Catherine gets up and Jill looks at the fragile state of Catherine. And again, knowing the history and everything, the fact that these two women have, you know, put aside their difference and whatnot, and it was kind of at a, a mutual respect for one another. Like, that that scene stood out to me. And that's what I, I walked away from. And then we all know what happened, but, you know. Number one most memorable moment is, can you drum roll, please? The Revenge of Nikki. When she was in the colonnade room and she was with Jack and Victor, I think, um, who was Victor with? Was he with Ashley or somebody? I forgot. But she was with Jack. She told the guy to play some music, and she was re-performing her little tease to get aroused out of Victor, and Jack had told her, let's go home. I was like, clearly, this is a woman, right, who is like, if, 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 if I can't have Victor, Nobody can, but at the same time, it was with Jack. Like, Jack loved you, Nikki, but you wanted Victor. 
God darn it, y'all see. Like, everybody wanted Victor. (laughs) But no, those like, that scene, like, she's, like, literally, like, Jack is, like, why are we doing, what are we doing here? Oh, nothing. I just want to go and dance. And she's trying to really get a rise out of Victor, and Jack is just, like, let's go home. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Help. Oh, man. Chat room. What we got in chat room? What is people saying in the chat room about their favorite moments? People pretty much co-signing on a lot of stuff that got picked. I like that you put Catherine and uh, Catherine and Jill last scene. That's my top five favorite scenes in the whole series. Yeah, whole, Simone said show. Victor confronting yeah. his father. Mm-hmm. I mean, obvious one of, uh, I had an honorable mention, but I was being good. Y'all notice I'm being good because my honorable mention was, and I know this is going to sound really bad, is when Michael dug his way to Cricket's place with the spoon. Well, that, that wasn't was memorable. Who did that? Yeah. Who does that? I mean, yeah, you think about that. Think, that tells you how different times are right now because yeah, people so you yeah. would not get away with that right now. <laughs> you had no, and, and, and the fact he really got his job back, too. He, you never know he did all these heinous things, nor his brother for that matter. Well, be quite honest, you might know Michael did more than Kevin, to be quite honest. They at least they mention it once in a while. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kevin's just a good, good choice. Hmm. Carrie, who's who's your top favorite couple? This is not even a hard one, Sharon and Nick. J T and Colleen. Mal, uh, Neil and I'll say Malcolm and Drew. Neil and Drew, Nikki and Victor, and um, I forgot there was, there was one name, but I forgot. Um, Brad and Tracy. Aww. Aww, that was that was cute. Tia. All she does now is pour coffee. Well, we talk about cheating. This is the only category I'm going to be cheating a lot with, so I don't need any judgment. <laughs> Everyone, please just stay silent and just be like, I can't. I wasn't here for the best or worst, so I actually think I deserve this. Um, unlike, I'm sorry, I didn't care for Brad and Tracy. I like Brad and Ashley. Um, I like like all the virgins. Each each version of Ashley, I said I wanted with Brad, so that's one of my favorite ones. But I also loved Ashley with Victor, and I'm sorry. I, and I'm not crazy because Ashley is not in my top five favorite character, but I like Ashley and Victor. More than Nikki and Victor, I, be, I believe their chemistry is better than everything. It's just, I, I just like them better as a couple. Um, I'm going to do a twofold with Billy Abbott as well. To me, the favorite Billy, um, Billy, uh, Billy Romance is who he's portray- who's portraying him at the moment because I felt Jason Thompson, his word, his best one was Phyllis. Landslide is no one even close. That's, that's the love of his life, of Jason Thompson version. However, if you put me with Billy Miller's version, I think Billy and Victoria. So it depends on which one, which one I like best, I guess, for the top five. I guess I'd probably say, uh, probably Billy and Victoria, but Orly Miller's version. There's no other version I care for. Um, I, I like Danny and Cricket as well, and I blame it on that trash bag Phyllis for ruining it. They never got to get their due, and I feel that it's long overdue for Danny, Cricket, and Paul Triangle because she's with Paul, but I think deep down we know who Cricket is. It was Adam and Nick. Tia, did you not see the video? She wants Adam and Nick. 
Echoing that, that's her. That's not cricket. Cricket really hurt her heart is with Danny, but Phyllis made sure that didn't happen, and she's one of the few characters who successfully, you know, ruined the couple, and the couple did not reunite. So you know what? Good, you give yourself a round of applause, Phyllis, for the foolishness you picked, only for that dude not to even be his son. You know, you're a piece of trash. But you know what, Phyllis? Okay. 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 Now, this is my, a personal problem. My, my, my last, my last two is grouped together too. I'm gonna pick Sharon and Nick and Sharon and Adam. However, with Sharon and Nick, I have a love hate relationship with them because I think prior to 2014 and forward, no, I don't like them at all. But if you give me prior to 2014, however, if you eliminate him cheating with Grace, then so it's like that's what I'm saying. I have like a, uh, it's like Grace, really, Nick. That that's who you cheating with. Like I know Phyllis, you know that was some bad circumstance, but Grace, uh, okay, Nick. Um, and of course, I have to choose my Sharon and Adam as well. That's that's a twisted relationship, a twisted story. But that's what I'm here for soap for. He stole the baby, not real. He was trying to get at Ashley, not realizing he was going to fall for Sharon. And it's been mm-hmm. a decade of this whirlwind of a complicated relationship. But I love it. To me, it's uh, Sharon, uh, Adam's strongest relationship on the show. So I pretty much love it. And Sharon and Dylan as well. I love them as well. Um, Dave, to me, was equivalent to Dylan, but since Dylan's time was um, cut pretty short, I might have to put Sharon and Adam, but if Dylan stayed a long time, I would have probably put Sharon and Dylan because at the time I was like, man, I think I like Sharon and Dylan a little bit more than Sharon and Adam because no one to me has ever been more ride die for Sharon than Dylan was. So I know they try to remake that with Ray Rosellas, but the difference with Dylan, Dylan didn't child her and force her to do everything he wanted her to do. So Sharon and Dylan as well. Oh, I'll give you a shout out, Drew and Neil, but all right. Sorry, someone else can go. Yes, I did cheat, but who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they say, I do all this. Okay. Can I didn't do this at all, but yes, no. <laughs> okay, what was the category? I'm sorry. Favorite couples that you love. Okay, okay. So I'm going way, way back. Let's get into the Young and Restless time machine. And let's go way, way, way back to when we had a family called the Brooks. We had a family called the Princesses. Now, you had yeah, one who was a princess who was in love with, the, with one woman who said, no, 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 I'm still in love with my husband. Why don't you hook up with my sister? My sister, you know, I believe she'll fit you good. Now, mind you, the sister, she got this complex because she likes to, as she says, she's in her sister's shadow because her sister is this famous concert pianist and all of this stuff, and the family goes gaga for her. So the guy, Lance, falls in love with the sister. Now, mind you, Lance got this crazy, crazy crazy-ass mama named Vanessa. And mm-hmm. Vanessa is like, ooh, no, you can't be, nobody can have my baby, can't take my son away. So she does all of this stuff. All the while, we're in that veil that I mentioned before because her other son, quote, unquote, started this fire, and she trying to save him, got all scarred up. Now, mind you, Mama could have been here some surgery to clear this all up, but no, she wanted to stay close to her son. So this whole romance of Lance and Lori was like my first introduction to, I don't want to say a triangle, but it was an introduction to where you had a couple who was facing all this stuff. And I can remember as a young child, not knowing who's going first, what not, watching this and going, 
oh, grandma, did you see this? And my grandma said, don't you tell your mama you're watching this stuff there. Here, by the way, have a, have a little piece of coffee, some coffee with a whole lot of cream in it. But don't tell your mama you, I'm giving you coffee either because you ain't supposed to be having that as a young child. So that's probably one of my first couples was Lance and Lori from Young and Restless. Now, the other ones, they all live up to the hype. But I'm going to say Billy and Victoria. But Billy is played by Billy Miller. Because I enjoyed yep. that. They, they were, they were, they were, that was just to me, it was like, oh, he sort of brought Victoria out of her, out of her snooty, snotty self. And I still to this day cannot stick him with Billy, with Victor calls him Billy Boy. I also loved Adam and Sharon. Yes, I said it. I was an Adam and Sharon fan. Um, for that, I just loved Adam and Sharon. And when we saw them going to this gala today, was it Friday, Thursday, Friday, and the kind of smirky look on Nick's face, I was like, aha, take that, Nick. See? Mm-hmm. Adam and Sharon kind of got that. They still got that chemistry. Regardless who's mm-hmm. playing Adam, Adam and Sharon have that chemistry. So, now, my next one goes back, but not too far in the time machine, is Ryan and Nina. That was, woo, that was one of those, I don't want to mm. call it Romeo and Juliet where somebody actually does, um, but that was just good. And my last one is going to be, drum roll, Victor, but it's not Nikki, it's Victor and Ashley. Now, yep. I'm going to say, back during the time. When you had, when there was no end game couple, when you didn't know if Victor was going to be with Ashley, if Victor was going to be with Nikki, if Victor was going to dump them both, if Victor was going to say, let's have, you know, let's have something like Because it was one of those things where you, you, you rooted for, you had people rooting for both of them, and both of them could have been in game. If you think about it now. So I love me some Nikki and Victor, I mean some Victor and Ashley. And I love how their friendship even now sort of plays out where they sort of have the, even though they got what's her name? I know I shouldn't say what's her name, Abby. Um, but that's a whole different story. I still love Victor and Ashley's sort of dynamic that they have together. So Victor and Ashley, and this is in no certain order of my couples. It was just how I thought of them. Okay. Kim? So before you go to the next oh. person, no, no, I want to say it, it is interesting that we talked about the Billy's Club chat room. Uh, someone mentioned that. Was it Leo? Somebody mentioned uh, Billy and uh, Mac. And that goes to say – Oh, yeah. Virgin. I don't think I've ever seen – and I would say this is where we kind of say just quick, where our recast sometimes changes stuff for the better – or for the worst, for Billy Abbott, depending on who you shift, it probably changes it for the worst because if you like Billy and Victoria, they end game, and then you see the other actors, you like, um, well, this won't work as our end game couple. So it's like, because to me, like I said, with David Tom, it was Billy and Matt. With Jason Thompson, to me, it was Billy and Phyllis. With Miller, Landslide, I think Billy and Victoria would still be together. So that's the interesting thing. I think Billy is one of the few characters you can say where a recast literally changes the role. Or mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Um, Kim? Kim, Um, I would say definitely the couple, five couples that I loved. Sharon and Adam, of course. Um, and I was just going ballistic on Friday or whatever. It was Thursday when he asked her to the, to the um, charity or to the event or whatever. And also on Friday, I'm like, I don't even care if they're not in. I don't even care if they're not in game or if they don't get the, I don't care. 
I just love whenever they share things together. It doesn't even matter. So I was happy about that. Um, Adam and Sally, Tracy and Michael, and uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Lauren and Michael, and um, Devon and Elena, and Victor and Nikki. I like I like all mm-hmm. five of those couples. So that's what I, who I most love. Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I put the Victor, Nikki, Ashley triangle in a special section because seriously, all jokes aside, I I can't I can't tell you. Like I love both of them, right? But ooh, ooh. See that's back. See, see what we just now proved is back in the day you could do that, make fans really like trying to like at first you have this one couple but then you introduce another person sort of like what we talk about as well turns that you're just like you don't know like it's like i like them but oh wait a minute oh ashley and victor but victor and nikki it's like what like you're torn you're torn so i put them in a special box but who here's who i have daniel and lily Chance and Chloe, and yes, younger Russell, I'm still triggered, okay? I love, Tim's going to be like, what? I love Adam and Chelsea, but. That's the Hartley's version? Bingo! <laughs> yep, I always were virgins, I'm telling you. These recasts is crazy. <laughs> Bingo! I love them. I love John and Gloria. I just thought that what? dynamic between. Yeah, between Judy and, J- and Jerry Douglas was really good. Um, Mrs. K and Rex. I like the Catherine and Rex. Um, through Philip. Philip didn't love you, Catherine. I learned that. Like, I got it. But, yeah, Rex. Well, I also like the Murphy Tick. But I like the Rex. Yeah, Rex was cool. I liked him. Yep. And then, well, since everybody decided to do this, I, I, I'm going to put it in. Sharon and Nick, but also Nick and Phyllis. I couldn't choose. Well, I choose. This was hard. Because at first I was, going to, I was going back and forth. I was like, Sharon and Dylan and, Dylan and Chelsea. Like, I actually did. Dylan like, and Chelsea? What? I, like, I liked those too. It was a thing. I was having a moment. Yeah, you sure? Just like with Paul and Cassandra. Like Paul and Cassandra. I liked it, them too. Well, so yeah, the chat room said it. I'm going to give a good shout out to Lily and Kane. To me, I know they probably get hated on for some reason now, but to me, they had a long history. And to me, that's who I thought was her end game before, I guess, backstage politics played a factor into it. But man, they had some great storylines with the cancer, the age difference, a lot of stuff. So, it is the anniversary, so I have to, you know, of course, you know, bring those babies into the world. Wait a minute, Tia, re-say that because you kind of cut out. I did? Okay. I want to give a shout-out to Lillian Kane because they were on fire when they were on for, like, over a decade. They were just holding it down. They had the age-difference story. They had the cancer, which was right what they had to do to get the babies. So I'm not going to forget that based on backstage politics or the last years that kind of screwed them over, to be quite honest. But and the, the Juliet storyline was also a mess, but I'm it's going to celebrate the show. So I think Lillian Kane also deserved they do, whether people like it or not. They were popular, and I remember they literally were just leading every single 
magazine at the number one couple every single sure. week. There was no one to beat them at that time. So I do, and they, I think that's the first couple to get the airplane from the fans, and they just yep. they had sure some was. stuff that people might. We want to talk about like interracial couples who really changed the foundation. I'm gonna give a shout out to Lillian King. They really like. I know we love. I, I love. I like being you and Lily. But I think Lillian King, to me, they put it just in a whole nother level as well. well that was but, an adult yeah. relationship for her. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Neil, mm-hmm. And Neil wasn't cool. And what what was realistic about it was Neil wasn't cool because of the age difference. It wasn't even about the colors of the skin. It was like, oh, wait, you know, she was like 19-ish. And this dude's mm-hmm. like 30, you know, in his 30s. She's like, yeah, no. Neil right. was like not on board with this and because and, and, she was a daddy's girl. You know yeah. what? And the saying that actually, I'm I'm going to backtrack. I'm I'm one came back on the show. I didn't think about it till I mentioned it. But you know what? To me, it's a crime that he's not on the show. They have kids. Like, cannot you know? Of course, with this case, I know I said it with like a poor whims. I want to see a certain only version of came back. But if I have to be forced to deal with it, just recast good like they did with EJ over there in the days. But I want a came back on my show. I would love to see a came. Lily, Daniel Triangle, because I think Lily and Daniel, they do need some spice in them. They, that's nice for high school love interest, but I can't have, because we were together young, we should be together now. I need a little bit more spice into that right now. And even though people, some people, a lot of people didn't agree with them aging up the kids, whether you agreed with it or not at the time, they aged them, they're college age now, bring them back. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. the young and the restless, let's have the next generation. Do more than show me a picture. Right, for Moses the, you know. as well, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you, yes, Moses. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Because, again, they did say faces are going to come back throughout the, the, the year. So we'll see. Maybe maybe one of the ones that we said is going to come back. Mm-hmm. If, it is, if they somehow can get Ryan back or David Kimball. Colleen's heart is in Victor's chest. That's not happening. I, Jay, I brought you on. I don't know if you wanted to speak or not. Oh. Um, I did bring Jay on. Okay. Hi, Jay. Hi. Well, so, uh, so we are actually halfway through the list, but um, I can backtrack for you. Um, no, no, oh, please, no, no, we're good. Uh, what's we'll what you guys on now? Um, want five couples? People, we want back on the show. Oh yeah, five couples of people we want couples. back on the yeah. show. Okay, I'll do both. People I want back on the show: Kane, Wendy, and Nelson, um, Gloria, full time. I love Gloria. I don't care. I think Z Chapman is a hot mess when she's on the show, but I love it. Um, I think that's about it. Um, uh, who else? Oh, I want Olivia, um, Nate's mom. She doesn't have to be full-time. This is a visit the show. I think she's missing on the show. Um, uh, what's his name? I'm gonna, well, I'm going to say it because it's on my list. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but Ray Rosales, I think that killing him off was just stupid. Um, he's the most recent, you know, person that left. I think that just when they had a viable storyline for him, they killed him off for no reason. So mm-hmm. I would love for him to be FBI agent or, you know, CIA agent, fake his death or whatever. Because, you know, the way he died was just preposterous mm-hmm. anyway. So they can just easily say it was a CIA whatever deal, whatever. Uh, as far as couples... Um, I don't really have a lot of wine in our couples, but you know, Phyllis and Nick. I'm sorry. Um, that's my superior Nick ship. I do enjoy Sharon and Nick. They are a super couple. You can't deny that. Um, they belong together. But at the same time, 
I love me a hot ass mess uh, triangle, um, and I loved you know the madness of Nick and Phyllis and how they started and how they continued throughout the years. Um, I think that was some of Michelle Stafford's best work when she was caught between Jack and Nick and you know the sharing rivalry that was must see television. Um, another couple. Um, hmm. I really don't have a lot of them. Oh, 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 oh. They were my list. Hold on. I, 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 they were already on there, but I was trying to think of somebody else. Um, but yeah, that's it. But I, I can't think of anything else. I have to go with my Havon. Um, I'm still traumatized by, you know, Mal Young and what he did, that gift he gave Michelle Morgan. Um, hope she returned it because, you know, well, she did return it because she came back as Amanda Waller, whatever the hell her last name is. Um, but um, <laughs> I didn't enjoy the gift. I didn't enjoy the gift. Um, I thought that you know, just the just the shenanigans how they got together and with Neil being blind and they you know basically hunched in front of his face. You know, it, it was just so good. Mm-hmm. And then just just the just the the the, the to me, Hillary brought an, out another side of Devon. It was a uh, I'm not gonna say a super couple yet, but they were they were on the they were on the road to be that. And you know, whether or not whatever Michelle Morgan wanted to go on outside project, I think she was pregnant at the time. I'm not sure what happened. Killing her off. I mean I, I just and now they replaced her with her twin sister and you know, there's a lot to be desired. I'll just say that. Um I'm still mm-hmm. waiting for her to walk in as Hillary. Listen, if they can say and why not want to pull a fast one and have Hillary walk in and say, in the role of Michelle Morgan, is once again, we play like Hillary, we forget all about Amanda, I'll take it. But um, I, 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 Havon was, to me, top tier um, angst and romance and foolishness. So that's all I have right now. Okay. Um, what was the other one that we said? Um, okay. So facing me up a little bit there. Um, so I guess, I mean, I guess we're going to just kind of conclude it. So with the the defining moment, one defining moment, I know out of all of Young Russell's, the defining moment that changed Young and Russell's. Carrie? I would have to say, as of now, as we see here today, it's the death of Catherine Chancellor. How, how do you want to, did you want to elaborate or? Well, I think just because of, A, we, I mean, obviously the actress herself passed away, obviously, but we don't right. have that presence on the screen anymore. And then, like, I think, Tia, you, this was kind of in one of your answers in earlier, and how the river, it, 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 when she died, Devon got the money, and they're still, and, Chan, and, and even now with the gala, and, and, and to a lesser extent, of course, too, I'd say Neil, and Catherine's death and Neil, because even look at this gala as of this week, that's the Chancellor Winter, because Devon's, the legacy still love because it's the Chancellor Winter's foundation and all that, and it's, they still keep them in the fabric, so, because we still have Victor and Nikki, so I would say Catherine Chancellor and Neil Winter's, um, no longer with us. Okay. Tia? I don't really know. Probably will be Catherine's uh, defining moment. Man, you know what? Probably I'm I'm just going to have to say when um, 
a character who I haven't shown much love to. Um, I think we should know where I'm going with, with Jack Abbott. Um, when poor Victor, you know, was dying and instead of caring and showing compassion, he threw his hand away and said, fend for yourself and left that room. I think I think that's the most defining moment to say you could be a quote-unquote good guy, but you don't need to deal with foolishness. You go ahead and I hope you find your way to Jesus. <laughs> You're not going to put us through this again. So I think... I, I think that's a defining moment that good characters can do bad things. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to say probably that's probably the most defining moment. Although Catherine might be a better answer because of the high stakes and the aftermath of what happened after that. Like we still feel in the presence pretty much today. Everything with Catherine right now. So yeah. Mhm. Jay, a defining moment for you. Um, has to be Cassie's death. That brought on years of storyline. That was the, that's how, you know, Phyllis got her claws into Nick. That's how Summer was conceived. That's how Jack and Phyllis, you know, began their merry-go-round of um, foolishness. Um, that's the, that's the, that's the umbrella, that's the un, um, an umbrella, uh, an umbrella, how you say it, Candace? I'm tired. Umbrella, umbrella story. Yeah, umbrella story, and you know, I thought that was Sophie. You know, when Sharon was wearing her, I think her bathing suit, her lingerie, and you know, basically called Nick out. Um, Nick is ping ponging with ping pong between Phyllis and Sharon for years. Um, also, the, the tragic death of Cassie, and you know, that was just you know. Fantastic acting from Joshua and um, Joshua Morrow and Sharon Case. Um, so that, that's the defining moment. Um, another defining, well, I think that's my defining moment. I'm pretty sure right. there are plenty of others um, on the show, but uh, that's what I think about as far as, it, which is sad because that was 20 years ago. Um, but um, I, since then, I don't. Pretty sure there's something else. Um, I think, well, you know, Lily finding out about, you know, Michael being her biological father was good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I I find, I, I, I remember seeing, you know, clips, I didn't watch it live, um, clips of, you know, Lily finding out, well, Lily telling Drusilla that she knew, but I never saw the scenes of Neil finding out until recently. Um, so that was, that was some great scenes. Um, you know, I know this is uh, again, but um, it was you know before my I was, it was before my time being on Earth, but I spent a good weekend watching hours and hours of Catherine versus Jill, and um, I'm not sure what her name was as actress who played Jill, but when I tell you she gave me life, um, I hate Brenda Dixon. I think that was her name, Brent, Dickinson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Her, her, her soap acting, you know, it was over the top and her facial expressions when, um, again, I didn't watch this live. I wasn't born yet. So I watched it on YouTube, watching her tell, you know, John that it was Jack that she slept with. Um, and she was blackmailing him to get 25% of the company and she got it. Um, it, they don't do it like that anymore. She took, you know, her, she, she, you know, her husband with his eldest son, 
with his uh, with his son, and then basically blackmailed her into a, the corner office. And you know, I'm sorry, that's a boss bitch. I mean that 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 is that is that <laughs> that is iconic. Can you? I mean, you know, she she was just, you know, I love um. Jill, the, um, the actress plays Jill now too. You know, that's not us against her, but um, I just you know, the Catherine and Jill rivalry was just it started from the seventies, you know, and it just kept on going for years. And you know, Catherine killing you know old boy, her her husband, the one who was in love with Jill, um, the custody battles over um, her son. I think his name was Philip. Um, and then on the stand, telling the, everybody, telling Philip that Catherine was the one who killed her, killed his father. I mean, just so many good moments from the back in those days. So I had to give them a shout out um, you know, for that. And thank you to whoever uploaded those things to YouTube because I was in a, a, a locked room for about 48 hours watching these scenes. Okay. Daphne? A defining moment. Okay, so for me, there's been quite a few defining moments. So I just went, went to go back to my first, what was my first defining moment on Young and Restless? My first defining moment is, drum roll please, Sheila freaking Carter. There had not, I mean, we'd seen, we'd seen, if you were somebody who watched soaps, you had seen Crazy in Love, what's what's Beyonce crazy in love, you know, type women who will do whatever they need to do because they're so in love, they're, they're obsessed in love. But Sheila just went, Belle just created this dynamic villain. I mean, you've seen people who switched, who was like, okay, so for people who don't know, Sheila actually drugged Scott Granger, who happened to be married to Lauren. This was a storyline that took Lauren out of her mean girl bratty role and crossed her over to what I considered leading lady status, where she was boss, and so was Kimberlyn Brown, which is why sometimes when I look at the way they write, they write the character of Sheila, I'm going... Now, even Sheila Carter wouldn't do this. Come on now. This is not the Sheila Carter that I know. But, I mean, this woman turns, comes in and she drugs Scott. She rapes him, basically. And she gets pregnant. Now, mind you, she loses this baby. So what does she do? Instead of going off and saying, well, I'm going to replace this baby and keep this man. Oh, she does that. But what does she do? She switches the baby. That whole scene, I think it was done on a Thursday and a Friday, where you watch her, how she, Lauren gives birth to that baby. You watch her, how she smuggles that baby out, how she, because she's pretending to be pregnant, got that baby wrapped up in her stomach. Um, that baby doesn't cry. I'm like, that's a good baby now. Um, how she switches the baby. Now, mind you, back in that day, we did not have Dana. We did not have DNA testing. We had what, you know, the blood testings and stuff, where somebody could be somebody's child, somebody could not be somebody's child. The blood testing said it for the match, and it matched. So, so when they come to do the testing, that baby that she switched out, Tests that Scott is the father. 
I mean, the, the, the subsequent after that, the hiding, her mother, the stroke, her killing all her, you know, that fire. And then that very last day, you find out Sheila Carter is not dead. Sheila Carter is reading an ad in the newspaper for a nurse at a fashion company that guess what that fashion company happens to be mm-hmm. creations in los angeles and she moves over to bold and beautiful to continue that crazy reign of hers so to me that was a defining moment for for me for female villains for a female villain didn't just have to be, I'm going to get you my pretty and your little dog too, and I'm going to do this. You had a calculating villain, a calculating villain who was just, you know, who was just, you know, who was just evil to the core. But all she wants mm-hmm. is love. All she wants is somebody to love her. And it's, but, but the problem is you've got to love her the way she feels she needs to be loved. So, and if you just, anybody who crosses her in that love, you know, it's deuces. So for me, that was a defining moment because you had never seen, you had never seen anything, and I don't want to say graphic, but you had never seen anything like that on a soap at that time. You know, to see her, I still to this day watch her smuggle that baby, you know, into her belly and smuggle that baby out and literally buy the baby on the black market and say, here, instead of saying, this is going to be my baby, then, man, I'm going to get this with the Lauren. I let Lauren raise that baby, and I'm going to take Lauren's baby, you know, who is actually fathered by Scott Granger. So for me, that was like the most defining, that was my earliest, most defining moment on both, on, on, on Young and Restless. Kim? So it's interesting. So for me being the newbie, I should say, to, you know, YR or whatever, it was somewhat new, I should say, that I was like, okay, I just can't pick anything that happened recently, like any recent event. So I just went to the archives and stuff. You know, you all um, recommend a lot of things, too, just to go on YouTube, listen to everything, and plus the flashbacks that occurred on YR, too. And it's just, it just the one thing that really draw, drew me in were any and every moment that Victor and, and Jack shared. Um, and the, the thing now that they're mm. so, so present day, they don't, they're, they're not as devious or just, just, you know, is, is villainous or whatever as they were back then, you know, in the rivalry. Yeah, they had a little banter back and forth, more so Victor still, but, you know, it's not like it was back in the day, which was amazing. Like everything that they did or didn't do the I think that kind of was memorable and that kind of made the dynamic of the Newmans and the Abbots and stuff like that. So it was just kind of like the rivalry. It was just really, really something really, really intriguing to me with that. And I just I, I love the banter between them. I love the dynamic. And then of course it's funny because I had chosen that same clip or whatever she has said with Jack, you know, when the fella I was just I mean that really it's like kind of gave me chills. I'm like, well, not that that Jack. He was bold. He was something else. Yeah, you know, you know, it's hard, hard to do that. It was just really dynamic between them. And like I said, still is, but not as much. But it still defines everything because everyone knows that they are, that you know, that they <laughs> had it out for each other. It's kind of so much still do, but not much. But everyone just knows the history between Victor and Jack. Victor and Jack. 
you know, whenever they see them together, like, wow, this is interesting, you know, you two are doing this, but it's just, I just love their dynamic, and so that, watching all the clips and everything, that is stood out to me most, the Victor and Jack banter over the years, that's most memorable to me. Mm. My defined moment, um, actually, it's kind of full circle, because one of the first couple of episodes in was about Jill fantasizing about life, you know, because she was working class and, you know, she was the hair, you know, stylist and stuff like that. But the defining moment was after Catherine's death, Jill received the letter um, because, remember, Catherine had wrote all these letters. And in the letter that she gave to Jill, she finally admitted after all these years that Philip really did love Jill and not Catherine. And that for years, Catherine was kind of ashamed that Philip loved somebody like a Jill instead of Catherine. Catherine was like, you know, rich and, you know, the money and, and Jill was just Jill. Like she was, you know, again, $20 to, to, to Jill to some of us is like a million dollars. But for somebody like Philip to kind of like her and, and everything, and, you know, for years, that's what the feud was based off of, was the fact that Catherine was jealous of Jill. Jill was, you know, wanted that lifestyle. And the fact that Catherine, you know, finally admitted to it, and, you know, obviously even when she was alive and, you know, then died, it gave a sense of relief to Jill because that was something that Jill kept, she was fighting for that. That's what made that Jill and seriously, that is the, the, the root of Jill and Catherine's suit is because of Philip. And over the course of years, you know, Jill was always trying to, you know, be the, the person that she always dreamt of. Um, and she was, but at the same time, she had to face some consequences and Catherine had to face the consequences that Philip was in love with Jill. And, you know, they had a child together, you know, and, and all that stuff. So, the defining moment was was that was when Jill found out Catherine, you know, admitted when she said it. She said Philip did really love you. So that's about it. Um, anybody want to give a final like, you know, want to say something about Young and the Russells before we wrap it up? And you guys, just just to let you guys know, in about an hour at nine thirty, we're going to pay tribute to General Hospital. So if you're a General Hospital fan, come on back at nine thirty, and we'll discuss. General Hospital in their 60th. Carrie? Did you call my name? I had, to I had to block the phone. I had to sneeze. Did you call my name? Yes. Any final words as we wrap um, up the trip tribute? Well, I, I will just like to say, you know, look, we're not even going to sit here and say we always haven't, you know, we've had our grapes and, you know, ditch and moan, but you know what? 50 years as an accomplishment and Kudos to, to the both to Mr. and Mrs. Bell for creating it, and CBS and Sony for continuing it, and the actors, specifically the Peter Bergmans, um, Eric Braden, Melody Thomas Scott, the vets. I mean, I don't want to take away from the newbies either, and Sharon cases mm-hmm. of the world, but I mean, for the mm-hmm. last twenty-five, thirty, and forty years, they built the show, and hey, look, you know what? Here's to fifty more. I think I think we all agree with that. Is that um, you know, the world changes. Television changes all the time. To have something like the Young of the Russell still with us. And by the way, 
if you look at your Twitter feed right now, it is number four trending, wiring all 50, as it should be, as it should be. And I think General Hospital is trending, too, if anybody can check that out. Um, and, like, I'm going to echo what Carrie says to everybody, past, present, and even future employees of Young and the Russell's, thank you to the actors, because, like you said, Melanie Tom Scott, Eric Braden, you know, give do work if he, you know, if you picked up the new um, uh, Soul Popper Digest, um, Young and the Russell's book, you know, um, shout out to Doug mm-hmm. Davidson. Shout out to, you know, to somebody that they interviewed, too. You know, let's forget, you know, remember the people that came before the Eric Braders, Janice Lynn, um, Jamie Lee Bauer. I mean, Deidre Hall was on there for two years, folks. Um, before she was Malena, she was on Younger the Rustless. Um, to John Conboy, uh, to please, the Corday family. Thing, Go ahead. I'm sorry, you asked, you know, if we had anything else. Go ahead. Uh, um, as far as characters I want to see back, Mia Rosales, um, I know she's only on for a hot minute, but to me, she was one of my favorite characters, um, in the past few years that brought on the show <laughs> as a new character. She was everything I needed and more, uh, vivacious, you know, her and Phyllis were, you know, becoming friends and stuff like that. It was just, she was a breath of fresh air, you know, she was a thickum. You know, she had some, you know, meat to her. And um, I just, um, you know, want to say that, um, you know, she was one of my favorite new characters they brought on, but they let her go rather soon. Um, so, yeah. And also, before we leave, I want to, Lady Sanchez is on. She wanted to give her defining moment of why not. That's what she wanted to talk about. So you are on with I- us. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Well, I put it in the chat. So, <laughs> thank you. That's okay. That was a memorable moment for me. I, I was very young watching it, and I'll never forget when Michael Baldwin had built like a tunnel. I think him and uh, Christine mm-hmm. had an apartment, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And he dug that through that tunnel. And had planned to rape her. And and, and I thought it was just because we got to see the dynamic change from that. We got to see Michael be redeemed. And him and Christine actually worked together and become friends. So that was my defining moment with one. I mean, it was many. I mean, it, it was a whole lot um, with Drusilla and Malcolm when, you know, he took advantage of her when she was on those pills and. You know, it was it was a lot, but I think that really sticks out, especially when I see Michael and Lauren. I always go back to that. But um, that was it. Thank you. <laughs> well, you see, see, you you made your you made your virgin journey with us on the Y and R trip. Yay! <laughs> um, so well, yeah, we'll so be back in about. A... Right? Yes. Was, right? Yes. Okay. Um. Mm-hmm. This is this is the uh, crossover. So, like like Candace said, um, we'll be back in about 9:30 for the GH60, and we'll, it's pretty much going to be the same format. Just switch out Y and R for GH. So, if you didn't get your homework assignments, you now now you have an hour to do your homework, which I need to do because I didn't do mine because I'm terrible. I'm too mm-hmm. busy on spaces spaces all night, but I digress. Um, so yes, like, uh, you know, 
Well, Victor Newman is the young and the restless, and let's That's see. Right. I cannot wait to. I cannot wait to see what these next yep. two weeks bring, and I, I need some good fallout. I need. Ooh. I need what GH doesn't do with consequences. So, um, this c- congratulations. Yeah, so thanks to all the writers, all the producers, everybody front behind for giving their hours to us to entertain us, give us something to talk about, and yes, Carrie was going to say mm-hmm. it. congratulations to congratulations 50. and fifty more. Yep. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Bell. We'll see you guys yes. in about an hour and under an hour for the General Hospital 60th. Stay tuned. Bye, guys. Uh, lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.